Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Exit Podcast. This is Dr. Bennett. I'm joined here by Dan Baltic, uh, editor of the New Right Podcast and sometime lawyer. He's also the author of Nutcranker, which is a, uh, a novel about uh, a hero of the West being unceremoniously <laughs> and unjustly canceled. Um, <laughs> tons to say about this book. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to have uh, Dan on. So, so welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, Bennett. We, uh, we had you on New Right a little earlier this, uh, this month. And uh, yeah, I know it's, it's great to be on your pod and to keep the, uh, the uh, Mutual Appreciation Society uh, going here. <laughs> so I, the, the, the highest praise I can give this book, I just finished it, is that I, I feel sick. I like my, my, my guts are all twisted up. Oh, um, well, good, good. It, uh, I meant for it to make people feel stuff. And uh, that's, that's a feeling. So, yeah. Uh, so, well, okay. So I, I, I talked about him being, uh, being unjustly canceled. This, this guy is, is uh, he's the worst. He's, he's horrendous. Um, and, and I guess what, what I found so compelling about this, it's a horror story, right? And the, and the horror to me is that all of my, all of my half truths, all of, all of the, uh, the sort of lies that I, that I have told to like get, get by in the world. Yeah. Um, are obvious to everybody that I'm naked in front of everybody. <laughs> and the only one who doesn't know it is me. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's a gut wrenching read. And I, I want to, I want to start with, um, so you, 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 cause I, I, I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I know 10 of this guy yeah. and, and you captured him so well that I, I want to get like it seems like you can't you can't really catch a guy like this unless you either love him or you identify with him in some way. Like there has to be some uh, some proximity to this character, and yeah, absolutely. And because he's such a loathsome character, I'm fascinated by. <laughs> How that, how that, you know what I'm saying? How that happens. So t- tell me about that. Your relationship so, to Spencer. Yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Spencer. So we have a very close relationship by this point. But uh, yeah, so I was uh, writing this. When COVID hit, I was, um, you know, I had already started this as a short story. And uh, then the kind of my industry slowed down. So I, uh, you know, in earnest began writing the novel and writing like two to three hours every day. I finished it in about three months. So yeah, for that kind of intense three month period, Spencer became a, uh, a friend of mine, shall we say. And um, as for like how I met him, how I came across his voice, whatever, my um my practice my writing practice is to uh and i think like it depends what type of writing you're doing some people if you're writing a thriller if you're writing something that is more um plot driven you want to um make it more um you know plan out storyboard the plot do all of that stuff but uh, for literary fiction, for the, uh, the type of uh, fiction that, uh, that I do, uh, my practice is to just sit down and write and write until I find a voice that I like. And so that's more or less how I found Spencer. I was just writing and, you know, eventually his voice kind of, and the, the novel, though, it's in the close third person. It's essentially in Spencer's voice and his voice kind of, you know, shine through. 
it um, it you know came to me. And then once you have like a solid character voice, you can start writing in that character's voice. And uh, that solves a lot of problems also, by the way, in terms of like, well, how do I get from this scene to that scene? Or is this, you know, what the character would really do or not? Because once you have an authentic voice, you don't have to worry about any of that because you're kind of like speaking through the character or the character is speaking through you. And with regard to the uh, perhaps the, the most interesting part of your question, my you know kinship with Spencer, shall we say? I mean, all uh, characters, you know, they emerge from you if you created them. So yeah, like I mean, perhaps uh, Spencer would be kind of like my my yes, my fears about like how you know maybe I am seen by some. Or kind of like my id run wild. Um, yeah, it's, you know, and but, you know, ultimately, like, you, you suggested that, you know, you can only write a character like Spencer if you love him or if you uh, can uh, uh, relate to him. And I, I would say both, you know, I, I can relate to him. I, I hope I'm, I'm, I believe I, I don't actually appear to be Spencer. But uh, I certainly have empathy for him. And I think that's why um, you, you couldn't write this story, in my opinion, if you didn't have empathy for Spencer Grunhauer, if you didn't have empathy for the kind of um, the edgelord incels on the Jans. And like you, yeah, you, you need to, you know, like if, if some lib wrote this, it would just be a caricature and it would be boring and it would be just kind of like, you know, character assassination wouldn't be fun to read. Similarly, like, frankly, if I were to write about some like, you know, big woke, you know, uh, Antifa guy or whatever, it would probably be pretty boring because I would just be like, kind of like my disdain would shine through and you, there wouldn't be a, a connection with the main character. I think if you're going to do satire effectively uh, for like a, a novel length satire, you, you have to have an emotional connection with the character. And uh, yeah, you know, Spencer's, uh, he's a messed up guy, but uh, he's, he's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there's such a, there's, well, and, and you sort of, you sort of deal with this internally uh, in the book itself, when his uh, when his novel his his treatise is discovered, yeah, yeah, there's this. Yeah, go on. Well, there's there's this. I, I have I have confronted in my own life, um, the fact that the things that the thing the things that I know the most about, and the relationships that I know the most about, which are the things that I would you know, be inclined to write about, um, are people, are people and relationships that I, that I care deeply about. And so there's always been this tension of like, can I summon the honesty to really write about this effectively? Because if this thing were to be published, then people would know, uh, if I'm, if I'm writing well, they'd know me. They'd know what I think and 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 uh, and what I think about them, and like you know, there's there's a that 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 was a big part of what what was so like uh, you know twisted my guts a little bit when I was reading this. Is I was like, oh man, <laughs> I, I, I like I not not like you know because again, like you, I, I hope that I'm not literally that guy. Yeah. But I have shitty takes, right? And I and I I'm unfair to people, and yeah, yeah. Uh, we all are, right? And 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 to to be a writer is to put all of that into the world and and let it be judged, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was as it, it um, made me sweat <laughs> to read it. Yeah. Well, so crucially. I think that, so yeah, this kind of provides some insight into my psychology, but, and I'm not just saying this, 
the character of Crystal. There, there is no Crystal. It's just like a composite of you know. I I was single for God like ten years in New York City, more or less single. So a composite of women I've known, no one sure. in particular. So like it's and Spencer himself is kind of like my, you know, id running away with itself. So like yes, this does you know it, it is like it, surely yes it is embarrassing to have people read Nutcranker. That that I will uh, you know admit off the bat. But to me, it's kind of almost, and I've done fiction where it's more kind of like me trying to portray my, draw, like pull directly from life and portray myself as I see me fairly and other people who would maybe recognize themselves. To me, that would probably be more uh, potentially mortifying because like this is obviously a sort of funhouse mirror of like right. my yeah projections and and so like a lot of frankly a lot of like fiction that is written today literary fiction is like these kids writing about their the parties they go to and as like 25 year olds the like literary part is navel gazing stuff but nevertheless they are they are writing about their real lives and real people and to me like that's pretty like cringe or like it's not not necessarily bad writing but it is the type of thing where, like, if I uh, say, like, oh, I was at that party. Wow, this is a really, like, you know, good dramatization of what happened there. That's kind of, you know, to me, that's the type of writing that is really, like, on the nose, potentially embarrassing. And yeah. so, like, while, yeah, while Nutcranker, I mean, you, you can't write something as horny and crazy as this and have it not be a little <laughs> embarrassing. Sure, it, it absolutely is. But like, it's at least in my mind, it's like a, a different type of embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I could totally, I, I could sense you. Uh, I, I I could sense that you wanted the reader to understand that you understand. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like like, uh, like you know, I I get that this person's crazy, and like you, I, I it. it I thought it was really interesting the lengths you went to humanize everybody else. Like like everybody else is responding in these very organic like I mean they're they're you know they're libs, right? But yeah. but they're uh but they're real people responding the way real people would respond to a guy like this. And um and yeah, you you, you, you <laughs> <laughs> basically uh it, it's almost a it's almost a story of how like you know he, he i can't remember exactly the line but it's something like he rarely felt peace because of the influence of global marxism um, <laughs> exactly he's having his he's having his his post nut clarity which is his rare his his brief reprieve from global marxism um <laughs> But uh, it's everywhere. The global <laughs> ruining, ruining. But really, like the 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 real culprit that that I I feel like is ruining this guy's life is like he just has. I I, I have this occasional like semi serious joke on Twitter about the world being really really discriminatory toward autistic people. Yeah. Um, like, like not, not just like in the sense that life's unfair, but like the way things are where there are no rules and everything has to be negotiated and everything has to, like, you have to suss out and vibe out what the appropriate action is in every situation. I, I just can't imagine the hell that some of these guys live in where uh, uh, the tickling incident where he, he, he tickles this girl <laughs> until she, and plays. it's like, Right, and it's like, well, she's laughing, and he has autism, and he's like, well, she's laughing. I don't. What's the problem? And uh, yeah, I just yeah, I, no, I, absolutely. <laughs> it's um, yeah, no, I mean, he has no ability to judge kind of um, how other people are perceiving him. Yeah. He's kind of like wrapped up. I mean, 
I'm not sure I would say it's exactly autism, but he's he's wrapped up in his own delusions about the way he thinks the world is and the way he thinks he sounds and looks. Yeah. And so, and that, but I mean, the, the thing, and you, you noted that it seems like I'm fully on the same page as the reader and everyone else in understanding how crazy he is. And like, I absolutely am. And that is kind of the take that um, I think enables it to, to be uh, very funny because uh, I, in, I hope because it creates a sort of dramatic irony where the reader knows and, and you know that the character is behaving outrageously, but the character yeah. himself doesn't know. So it's kind of like The Office when Michael Scott says something that is just so like, you know, uh, delusional and off the wall. And like literally right. everyone else is just like, you know, so it creates a, also creates a communion between the reader and the author because you both kind of get the sense that you're like winking at each other, watching the proceedings. And so, yeah, that's, that's very much intentional. And I, I think um, part of uh, a large part of the humor that comes from Nutcracker. There's, I mean, there were, there were definitely like laugh out loud moments. Cause he, he's, he's, thank you. He's absolutely nuts. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it, it's, it's, and oh, one, one of them that I loved was like, he like, he like discovers that he can lie his way into Crystal's pants and he's, he's acting like he's, he's invented steam or something like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, he's like, he's really running with it. He's Prometheus. Uh, because you can just make shit up and get laid. Um, <laughs> it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, I, I I one of the things, and this is maybe like in in the sense that it's it's you know it's. I like that not everything is is the libs' fault here. Um, yeah, I like that that. I mean, honestly, primarily, this is about a guy who's self-destructive and crazy um and and you know it's it's the world that we all inhabit is unremittingly hostile to him and he interprets he interprets it in like this uh this don quixote like exactly. um the, the the world is against me because i'm the great hero and it's like uh what's that there's like a lovecraft reference some i can't remember where i read this but it was like what if you're like a microbe and you're like caught inside an internal combustion engine <laughs> it's like incredible like the environment yes is incredibly hostile to you but there's no meaning to it there's no um it, it's not it's not trying to kill you it's just going to kill you um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. He like is stuck in this world that like, like, yes, I am, you know, right wing myself and uh, the, the character Spencer obviously is. And uh, the, you know, he's in a world that is not designed for his flourishing. Uh, nevertheless, he, uh, you know, he is not able to calibrate his takes his, his whatever to, to get by in, in any sense. And so this, uh, you know, leads to just the type of stuff where he gets fired at work for writing, uh, discovered writing a manifesto for the uh, pairing of uh, women with uh, older men for uh, <laughs> the uh, government mandated wives program. The spousal distribution system, as he calls it, and uh, they they don't appreciate that as his nonprofit job. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I it 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 shows how like it shows how a lot of these a lot of these systems that we have a problem with they really like they exist for non crazy reasons, and. Yeah. Um, like, like, you know, obviously, um, his, his is a case where like it, it makes sense that, uh, the, the system is not going to tolerate what he's doing and, and it really has nothing to do with like, 
any kind of conspiracy against against him or even against like a particular strain of thought. It's it's just like you're making everybody uncomfortable and it's really hard to run a business when everybody's uncomfortable. And it, it exactly. like it it's it's a I I just well did you have in mind uh pe- people reading it through that lens and like and it being kind of a a a, a meditation on cancel culture or or where was your head at on that so i mean i have to admit that like in writing it like questions of like how will people perceive it are kind of like secondary to the process so like i just found spencer's voice I wrote it out with Spencer's voice. And so like, I didn't modify anything uh, with regard to how people would think of it or digest it. I, I did think about that later. And I, I my thought was that generally, uh, to the extent anyone on the left reads it, they would probably, I guess, uh, think that well, of course, no one could sympathize with Spencer, so this must be a parody or criticism of uh, the you know alt right edge lord types, and I I assumed that our guys would you know hopefully read it, and uh, you know there's a long tradition of kind of poking fun at ourselves on this side of the internet, and uh, see kind of like a sympathetic portrayal of uh, someone who. Uh, Maybe his, uh, in some respects, his uh, heart is in the right place, but he uh, he just doesn't get it, and um, that uh, that is to put it mildly. Yeah, and I mean, I I wonder if there is, if it's possible to, if it's possible to build a world in which people like this guy uh, could be could be healthy and could be um well so one, again i think it has to do with everything being negotiable like and and he's so there's there's the there's the the progressive version of everything's negotiable which is everything's about consent and everybody just has to talk everything out and that's really hard for a guy like this to do yeah. um there's also this nietzschean like I'm going to write new laws on new tablets. Uh, I'm, I'm the author of my story. And because this guy has this effortless ability to take whatever happens to him and snap it into his narrative. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it, it, it makes him, it makes him just completely unmoored from reality. And it's like, if a guy like this, had had healthy people like giving him some scripts and some stories to to snap his life into you know what i mean like oh, there's yeah. there's one version of this guy which is everything fits my my heroic story and that's and that's why i'm going to implode and go to prison and get raped um <laughs> <laughs> but there's another version of this guy that's like um everything everything fits my story of of uh of god loves me and and loves the world and therefore all of my sufferings are to, you know uh they have a purpose and all of my joys are part of this greater thing and like like there is a sense in which in which this facility with with story yeah. uh, can can actually make you robust and, and and can make you resilient. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely. He is I mean while I don't think he's exactly telling himself the wrong uh stories from like a moralistic point of view entirely because you know I uh I think we both are, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, culturally conservative, but uh, he he fails to kind of assimilate it into a uh, a worldview that is helpful for him. But I mean, crucially, 
he's also just like a kind of delusional and grandiose guy. So he would be uh, have trouble, I think, in any system. So he needs. So he he's in a unique situation where he has kind of an outsider narrative, and he himself is kind of like a delusional, narcissistic guy. Maybe if he was left wing that would work out better because he'd be at least in, you know, in step with the dominant narrative and he'd be like, you know, the, the biggest, you know, wokester on campus or at the job and people would be like, Oh, yeah, cool it down a little bit with that stuff. But, you know, they'd be like, okay, okay. And, uh, but no, but I mean, his ideology is the, the opposite. And so as a result, he comes off as, you know, extremely discordant in society and uh, so, like, um, not to give away the ending, but he does kind of um, come to terms with, he, he comes, he embraces a story that allows him to coexist with modernity and with the, the current year. And, like, I think that is kind of what he was, you know, not not what he was looking for all along, but, like, had he embraced that story from the beginning there never would have been a novel because he never would have gotten into any of this trouble. So I, yeah, I don't want to ex exactly give away the ending, but um, I guess he, uh, he comes to um, realize that uh, it's t in some sense uh, easier to uh, go along to get along, shall we say? Well, and it, you know, um, I, I, I won't give it away either except to say that he, the story that he comes around to is much more truthful. It, it's a much more honest statement of who he is and what his goals are. Oh, sure. Uh, yes. Like there's a, there's a, and it like in, in a way, <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty dark ending, but. Oh yeah. But, it was, um, it was meant to be. I mean, people, but, some people told me like the ending, they're like, Oh, I'm happy it worked out for him. And I'm like, uh, you didn't quite uh, capture what I meant there. But like, it did in some sense work out for him, but uh, not uh, not in a good way, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it's <laughs> more of a more of a. He's 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 a worse piece of shit, but he's a more adaptable piece of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I'm happy it worked out for him. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's pursuing, as he says, the uh, by the end he's pursuing the Spencer project, right? And uh, right. and arguably he was always doing that. So yeah, yeah. He just he just gets it now. Yeah. Um. Well, it it's it's a lot of fun. Um. Nut Nutcranker. Uh. Terror House publishers um is that is that is that on amazon where, where do they get that book so you can buy it straight from terror house's website or it's also on amazon so uh preferably buy straight from terror house but you know really you can order it from amazon either or i'm you know okay. certainly happy as long as anyone buys a copy of the book and that's a crucially nutcranker without an er at the end it's nutcrank then the letter r and Dan yes. Baltic is the author, of course. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, tell me about what's what's next. What's the uh, what are you working on these days? So right now, I am working on a short story. Uh, it, it certainly seems like it's in the similar vein or thematic uh, style of Nutcranker, called the uh, the Doxing Dom. And this is about a TikTok type personality who uh, men pay to uh, threaten to dox them. And uh, it's, you know, that uh, her relationship with a particular customer. Like, like from a, from an S&M perspective? Kind of. Yeah. It's uh, from that perspective, but you know, to threaten to dox them also politically, because she's like a big TikTok lib. And she makes them tell uh, tell her political, you know, secrets that would be doxable. 
and threatens to and that's that's part of the the kink for for both of them that she threatens to dox him (laughs) 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 so uh, it only gets weirder from here (laughs) that that concept is just so bananas (laughs) that's golden um yeah i mean uh, from Man, I was actually we're finishing up that short story today before uh, before with the pod, so it's, uh, oh, it's nice. almost ready. Should be. Oh, uh, I'm I'm probably gonna post it as the inaugural post on my Substack. I'm starting a Substack so I can post short stories, post which I may like uh, release also with the Terror House and other outlets at the same time, and uh, start releasing um, you know just maybe essays. I, uh, I want to get more regular in my writing habit because the past year has been like gearing up, getting new write out. We've done 46 episodes and we're going to continue to do that. But um, I want to drill down in 2023 on my writing more. And uh, of course, also a lot of 2022 was promoting Nutcracker. So uh, going sure. on, having the, you know, having friends who are gracious enough to have me on their pods like you talking about Nutcranker, posting about it until people are angry at me and, uh, and continuing just to, to get it out there. What, you know, one, one last thought on the first chapter of, of the book as I was, as I was. So when I'm, when I'm reading, um, when I'm reading our guys stuff, I am, I am sort of bracing for Spencer's voice a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect from this book. And so when I open it and I'm reading Spencer's voice, I went, oh, no. Like, <laughs> oh, geez, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to Spencer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and like, I... I was able to I was able to to push through that because I had already spoken to you and like so I I I knew that wasn't like where you were but but like when you're when you're doing um, well and this is also to, to, to sort of segue into a broader conversation um, one of the reasons why exit is not like anti cancel culture per se like it like it's not cancel culture is not the point yeah is because there is spencer grunhauer to think about (laughs) and like and like uh and 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 you know occasionally uh he'll 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 sign up uh we uh not not, i won't get give details but like there was a guy who um was like a big a big like circumcision guy (laughs) um and i and and we were halfway through our call and he was like reading me his poetry and like behind him i noticed that he had like six black dildos on his nightstand (laughs) with with votive candles in front of them like that like a shrine and i and i was like ah you know man i don't know that this is necessarily uh the, the, the product for you. Yes, like, I, right. <laughs> yeah. and there's, there's a, there's a, it, I, I think spaces that are, that, that are explicitly like, Hey, we're free speech absolutists. Yeah. I think, I think that they can be a draw to people who are like, I'm the weirdest person on planet earth and I alienate everybody. Exactly. And, and and so I, it makes me mad, and I want to live in a society where I don't alienate people all of the time. Yeah. And and in their mind, the way to get there is to like make it a rule that you're not allowed to be alienated by this guy. And <laughs> and that's just not yeah, how it no, works. I mean, absolutely, you do need to have standards and communities. And yeah, so like Spencer. He uh, he would not make it into exit. I would uh, I would hope. I would yeah, hope. yeah. <laughs> we, we, couldn't, we couldn't get anything done, and uh, and and 
so so I, I think it, it is this uh, you, you have to be about something bigger than that. You have to recognize that like the problem is not that everybody can't just run their mouth all the time. The problem is that people with actual reasonable good things to say are be- like basically what what is happening is, People are when someone is defending the the <laughs> the regime. Let's call it. Yeah. Um, when when they're defending uh, all of these mechanisms of social enforcement, the the sort of bloody flag that they wave is is this guy, right? That's that's who they they'll they'll say you know that's how that's that's who they say you are, right? Yeah. If, if you if you oppose these systems, it's because you're this guy, and you're just friggin' weird, man, and and you're you're harshing the vibe, and uh... <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely, and I mean the I mean the the crucial difference is like as I see it with Exit, with you know the kind of uh, political culture that we're trying to build. Um, outside of the mainstream, uh, outside of the, you know, the regime is, it's not, and I I had this uh, comment at a recent Christmas party where we were talking about libertarianism. And uh, to my mind, uh, I'm not a huge fan of it really, because it's the the absence of values and the the valuing of, uh, of its absence and of procedure. And of and to me that's it's nothing positive. There's nothing positive about that. Right. And um, yeah, so like the the issue isn't that uh, people uh, the you know the regime um, you know people are you know more well they're more normal than Spencer, so they're right. They're still wrong, and and you know that of course. But I'm just saying that you know elucidating this concept. They're, you know, of course, like the people who accept the dominant ideology are going to get along better in everyday life. How could you not? But uh, that doesn't mean that the ideals and the philosophy that they've signed on to is right. And uh, of course, your, your listeners know and I know that everything that's wrong with uh, cultural liberalism and uh, progressivism. And um, yeah, you, you certainly don't have to be Spencer Grunhauer to uh, point out that um, the morality or the health of the society should be uh, kind of tied to the health of the family and yeah. policies that promote it. And, uh, you know, and, and indeed, like Spencer, um, he doesn't quite understand that either with his spousal distribution system. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, perhaps he has some he interesting does. ideas. <laughs> He does. He does take this. Yeah, like his his interest in all that is 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 so nakedly self serving. Um, yeah. It's 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 very much that like, hey, it sh- it should be a rule that everybody should put up with me. Um, which Absolutely. ultimately, it, it kind of it kind of explains his foray into uh, male feminism. Yes, like, at the beginning. <laughs> He's, I mean, yeah. you know, on the one hand, he's he's chasing tail, but he's also like, he's that classic like, <laughs> when when she catches it, when she catches him, she 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 reads his manifesto, and I, and he's like, no, no, I don't believe any of that. You, I, I, I wore the pussy hat. You saw me wearing the pussy hat, right? You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he immediately uh... starts backpedaling and. Uh... And trying to say that it was like a, a series of um, uh, uh, letters in an epistolary novel, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, obviously it, it was not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like this just seems like a bunch of Nazi blog posts. <laughs> <laughs> Crucially, where she is uh, continuously referred to as the piglet, which the piglet uh, <laughs> which she, she, she did not appreciate for some reason. She didn't like being called the because of because of global Marxism because of because of feminism she didn't uh, she didn't appreciate exactly. being called the, as she as she would in the uh, in the in the utopia yeah <laughs> in, 
in Spencer's Utopia, the uh, the piglets right. would all be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, there, well, there actually yeah. is a, a chapter, I believe, entitled uh, "Spencer's Nut Buddies and the Degraded Utopia." <laughs> <laughs> well, and and uh, I mean another, another way in which another way in which this world sends him these mixed signals, right? Is I mean, he meets her on a he meets her on an S and M site. Right. That's right. Um, yeah. And so like, and this, this I think is, is such an interesting, and I don't, I mean, I don't even know how much I want to get into this, but like, but, but there are a lot of guys uh, on our side of things um, who really don't get any of that. Like, the, like yeah. um, the, the, any any of uh, the, the signals that 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 women send about um, about about valuing aggression, about valuing um, valuing dominance in men, um, it's it's those signals. And and like again, partly it's their fault for not the men's fault for not getting it, but partly it's also like a bigger picture problem of like we really have no idea how to talk about any of this. And yeah. just as a society, we've completely lost the plot. And, and so everybody's confused. Everybody's getting their feelings hurt. Like it's just, uh, you, you really appreciate um, from, from this book, the, the, the value of, you know, living in a time and a place when, it's 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 not even like it's not even like you want uh everybody to be told what to do in this like coercive way it's it's more just like man g- like give me a template to work from give me a like give me a default setting that like yeah. we all run on the default setting for like 90% of this and we can renegotiate the other 10 but like we can't we can't synthesize like every woman I meet, we can't synthesize our relationship dynamics and our sexual ethics and every little thing about our, our, our agreement. We're not going to like hammer that out from like stellar hydrogen. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Give give us a place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the, um, not to harp on, BDSM, but the, uh, the, you know, kind of like the, the way Crystal, uh, and I, I think, um, some women, uh, kind of like, uh, are attracted to this and, you know, and some men for the same reason, they're like, um, reverse engineering normal sexuality because right. they've accepted these ideas about like the way men and women are supposed to relate but nevertheless, there is the erotic draw of, uh, you know, male uh, dominance over women sexually, that they have to find a way to kind of like couch it in terms that make political and ideological sense. So, um, so like, which almost cannot be done. It's yeah. Yeah. So like Spencer's main problem here is he doesn't understand that Crystal, um, she wants this on a, uh, you know, a sexual level but she does not want uh, any of the uh philosophical uh trappings that would come with a more traditional society and um yeah he uh i mean and, and in, for his part he is you know perhaps less than entirely earnest here and is just uh, like looking to get his rocks off but uh yeah so there's um you know, a fundamental misunderstanding that lies at the heart of this, not just between uh, Crystal and Spencer, but uh, between them and themselves, really, and society. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, man, there, <laughs> and, and I, I think almost, almost what I am, what I have the biggest problem with in all this is like the only rule is that you can't have any rules and you can't, you can't, you're not allowed to say that this is not okay or that like, like 
and and so what what comes of that is this total uh like nope nobody nobody in this book is happy um it's a great Absolutely. Uh, and and i think i think you buy yourself and i don't i don't actually know how um people outside our spaces will read it i feel like uh i'm i'm dug in too deep uh to 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 really speak authoritatively on that but i but i i i suspect and i hope that by by making the uh the right wing guy kind of the uh the don quixote and making everybody else the straight man that yeah that sent that you've bought yourself some credibility with with some sensitive people in the mainstream who 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 could who could pick up some of yeah. what you're down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I will say like just uh, I guess just Spencer's, you know, the kind of even though like yes, I'm portraying him as a Don Quixote esque character, some of the kind of like harsh language he has about women and uh well well mostly about women like for instance um i this is based this nutcranker is based off of a short story that i started and i workshopped in one of those um so in a lot of uh big cities they have uh writing classes in the evening taught by like kind of literary uh, fiction authors who can't get jobs so they host you know uh writing workshops and this is for like, you know, lawyers or bankers or whoever who like, you know, are creative and want to do stuff in the evening. So like I, um, I signed up for one of those and I wrote uh, the first couple of not the not the first chapter in the novel, but I wrote a first chapter that does feature into the novel in the novel. And uh, so I, I workshopped it with the class and um, this woman uh, said to me, um, well, you, you obviously know how to write well, but why would you choose to write something like this? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that to me is just kind of like, well, you know, that's, uh, I, I wanted to write it. That's why I wrote it. I, I didn't, uh, you know, write it to advance your politics <laughs> or to advance well. my politics, actually. I, so. <laughs> Well, Jennifer, it's because I'm a pervert and a monster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was a real kind of like woke uh, libtard type. So, no, but you know what? I, 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 I'm watching as everybody, everybody with a scrap of of aesthetic sensitivity is is. Just, I mean, it's just clawing for something different, anything different. Yeah, because uh, there's there's just no air in that room, and uh, and and so we have we have this really powerful um, opportunity. When you, um, what what are you seeing that excites you as you as you uh, interview people on the podcast? What's uh, what are some projects that look cool? So just really like so much out there it's just like it's all the wild west everything is just you know there's so much room for people to build and grow and do things so rag nationalist with uh man's world and it's just like it's now like he's coming out with the second annual for man's world it's this like you know it's it's actually recaptures what a men's magazine is supposed to be and so like i i have the the first annual you, you buy it from antelope hill i uh, i bought it and um uh my dad was uh, reading it on my coffee table and flipping through it and, and liking it and like of course he doesn't really know what it is but um i yeah i i enjoy it in that same manner too because when i was a kid in like the nineties and I would read Esquire and I would read, uh, like Playboy for the articles and, uh, and what have you. It, uh, there, there were articles that were relevant to men and to our interests and they, they were, you know, fun to read. 
but now like Esquire, Playboy, whatever those uh, those magazines, they have content and articles that are like how to talk to your gay wife or how to you know be woke on the job or I, I don't know. Right. So like it's yeah it's just it's it's, it's unreadable. It's not, clearly not written for heterosexual men. So um, yeah so. Rag, you know, doing that, that's awesome. Um, Astral, Astral is building out his, uh, his podcast. He has a great second season, Astral Flight Simulation, with uh, kind of like a real range of guests, everyone from The Last Pirate to Amy Therese. And it's just like he's, you know, got that going on there. Uh, Art of Darkness, those guys, Kevin Kautzman and uh, Brad Kelly, they, uh, you know, continually come out with um, their their pod is um, they profile with each episode a, a sort of tragic artist and give like his biography. And uh, so they um, they put in a, a tremendous amount of work. Like I, I do a pod and, you know, Matt and I, we probably do like a, a couple of hours of prep for each episode doing the reading, whatever these guys are reading books and books about the, the lives of what, whatever author they're doing. And so they have a second season coming out. They just did an episode with uh, Peachy Keenan, who's another um, as one who we, we might have on new right soon, who came out with a book called the domestic extremist. And <laughs> it's her, uh, she's uh, talking, I guess, about being a based wife and mother and uh she and she uh did a pod with the art of darkness guys reviewing uh doing a kind of group watch of the big lebowski and um god i mean there's like so many domestic extremists that's such an obvious like i'm amazed nobody grabbed that earlier that's so perfect yeah good for her absolutely (laughs) uh yeah uh, obvious in hindsight, I say not to not to say that it was uh, obvious, but like it, anyway, that's hilarious. That's just so clever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, Apocalypse Confidential, that's another uh, literary magazine that's coming out with some great stuff. Uh, of course, Passage Prize, run by Lomez. Uh, I know we all know who the original judges were: Zero HP, Yarvin, uh, Geo. And Ben Braddock, uh, as for the new judges, I'm not sure who they are, but uh, I'm sure it'll be great this year as well. I know the deadline is coming up. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's just so much out. I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, I am 1776. That's an excellent magazine. They have, we had Mark Granza on the show. I just bought IM Magazine. It's Florida issue. They have articles from Bog Beef of the good old boys and a bunch yeah. of other. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, they're just, I mean, you you listen to me right now. I could keep talking for, and you, you yeah, I probably want to cut me off. I could keep talking no, for like 15 minutes about all the great stuff that's going on out there. No, it's it's incredible. It's 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 such an exciting, exciting group of guys. And, uh, I there there's a there's a part of me that wishes I wasn't so, so busy, because um, because I would love to be like I, I am feeling some intense regret that I don't have a submission for Passage Prize this year. Um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, it's, it's hard to find time to write, I and mean, that's that's what I was talking about earlier. I you know between the pod and like you know having a full time job, it's just like you know you got to fight for that time to. And then you know this because you wrote Amira, which you know we talked about on our, my pod, and that was one of the best pieces of writing I've read coming out of our side. So like well, you, you have the talent, and you know I, I know it's just a, it's a fight just to have the time to sit down and, and use it. No, I had to uh, I, I had to take three separate like eight hour stints at the library and it was right around this time of year it was it was like two days from the deadline and i i i turned that bad boy in at 11 59 and a half p.m um, yeah there you go it was it was hot and heavy for a minute there um and i'm 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 half tempted to do it again <laughs> you, you got time you got uh two or three days here so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But um, 
Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's what 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 a cool like you know you you mentioned the Wild West and I and I think I think a lot of us I, I have this I have this hobby horse that it's really never been easy. You know, like doing yeah. doing anything doing anything really genuinely cool and meaningful. It's never been easy. And uh, I, I, I wrote a piece uh, called Pilgrim's Egress for like two Thanksgivings ago. Oh, yeah. No, about, I saw that on your site. It was. It's about site. all the crap that the pilgrims went through to get like, you know, you, 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 you hear the you hear the bowdlerized elementary school version of the story of the pilgrims and then you never touch it again. Right. You, you, yeah, you hear yeah. that story when you're six and you hear the version that's appropriate for six year olds and then you never hear it again. And um, I mean, these guys, the, the, the level of deprivation that they went through to be independent of. Of a similar, similar forces, you know, the same you know, people telling them what they were allowed to think and what they were allowed to say and who they were allowed to associate with. Um uh, they, I mean, they, they, they lived in poverty in a, a, a place called stink alley in Holland. For a while. <laughs> um, and they, they, you know, they basically what they, what they realized was they, they, they had kind of already made their exit from England and they were in this place that, um, they were allowed to be, uh, what's the word? They weren't Puritans, but the, um, the other kind anyway, um, they were, they were willing to practice their, their beliefs, but like their kids were growing up in this like urban proto-industrial, uh, kind of de depravity situation. And, and they were yeah. being worked the bone for these, for these miserable wages in this like kind of urban hellscape and the leader of the colony. And like, they were like, they were dying at age like 45 and stuff from just overwork and exhaustion. Yeah, and the leader yeah. of the colony was like, we're either going to literally die or the culture that we are building is going to evaporate. It's going to cease to exist. The situation is not sustainable. And so they, they had to, they, they, they negotiated a passage to America with cooperation from like, like it, it always gets framed as like it was just them, but like they were, right alongside this very mercenary sort of uh, the, the people who supplied the capital were just very uh, uh, businesslike. It, it was not a religious thing for them. And they, they kind of had to make this deal with these people and, and sort of tolerate uh, the, 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 the rough characters that they were on the boat with um, and who they would be sharing the colony with uh, in order to carve out their little slice of, of the new world. And, um, I just, I, I, when you, again, going back to the wild west thing, um, any time where there's opportunity, um, it literally, if it, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And, Absolutely. and that's the moat that you have built around you is that it's not easy. And, uh, and I think in the literary scene, like just if you've got the talent, um, you should be creating and, and I, I, do, do you have, do you have advice maybe for people who are, I mean, you're, you're a, you're a, an attorney, you're busy. Do you have advice yeah. for people who are in that situation of how to, how to create and how to get it out there? Yeah, no, I absolutely do. You, um, you know, frankly, you just need to, as hard as it sounds, you have to find the time and you have to find the time to sit down and write. And the truth is, and, and it's a hard truth, but the less frequently you're able to write, the harder it gets. So you have to try to find a regular writing schedule. And if before work every day is too tough, then maybe every other day, then maybe, you know, at, at the least, maybe every weekend morning. And obviously this becomes tough. Um, you know, I, I don't have children yet, so... My weekends are, you know, my my own and my girlfriend's, and you know she's uh, she still lets me write, so we're we're good there. <laughs> but uh, it's um, 
yeah, you, you need to um, do whatever you have to do to find a little bit of time. And there, and so there's also, there's the inclination to be like, well, you know, I need time to settle down and get the writing out there and think and ruminate. And, you know, not everyone has that luxury. So if you don't have a lot of time, you really do, you can't like, you know, walk around and sip coffee and look out the window. You actually do have to sit down and write and bang it out. And it might not be good. It might not be what you want, but that's what editing is for. Then you go back and you rewrite it. And the, the point is like, as far as writing goes, um, even if it's, you know, you're, you're not writing a uh, kind of uh, spy thriller, you're writing something that you think is more, uh, requires more, I don't know, kind of meditation about character motivation or, you know, deeper whatever. And nevertheless, you still have to treat it like a grind. You have to sit down, you have to bang out the words and uh, you have to do it with some regularity. And one thing that I've always found uh, helpful, well, one thing that always I found to be uh, difficult, and this is something I use to, to help me get through it, is like all writers, I have a, uh, a tendency to you know, want, uh, well, everything I write has to be good. I, I can't write something that's bad. So that's where writer's block comes from, in, in my opinion. Right. And so I tell myself, whatever you're writing, you don't have to share it with anyone. If it's shit, it's shit. But just like, you know, write it and, you know, and we'll see. So, and, but I mean, the only way you can be sure that whatever you're writing is going to be bad, it will be bad is if you, uh, you're very concerned about it being good. So you don't really write that much or you write very, you know, kind of very, uh, focused sentences, very careful sentences those that, yeah. that will that will not be good writing so you just need to throw caution to the wind bang it out and uh, and then and then you can edit and uh, and tell yourself as you're doing it like well if it's bad it's an exercise in getting it done and if it's good then it's good and um, that's a, a good way to kind of trick your brain into letting you free there's an analogy to I, I think I think people have this with their with their life uh, trajectory as well. They're in the they're in the shit job that they hate, and they're yeah. like, I want, I wish I was doing something more meaningful, but it's got to be really meaningful. Like it's got to yeah, yeah. justify me upending my whole situation, and so they sort of think and think and think and think and think. And it doesn't really get anywhere because they haven't, because their creative process, well, they haven't done a creative process. They're just thinking. And I think the act of writing it down, or in our case of, of articulating your desire to another person, yeah, part of what that allows you to do, I mean, like the, the fear that you have is that you'll articulate it and then you'll look back at it and you'll go, oh, wait, that's stupid. But that process of looking back at what you wrote or what you said and going, oh, wait, that's stupid. That's a huge part of the creative process and you have to have it. Um, there's, a, there's a quote by Ira Glass. Um, it, it's, it's fairly easy to find. I, I'll paraphrase it. But he basically says like you're – you have really good taste and that's what got you into the game. Yeah. Like every, every writer uh, who's, who's for real, they know good writing. Yeah. And the challenge there is that your skill at certainly in the beginning, but even later your skill almost never matches your taste, right? Yeah. It's almost never perfect. And so, you, you have to fight through this period of like, I, I know this isn't what I want it to be. I know that the, the, the sculpture, you know, does it like, like uh, Napoleon dynamite. He draws, he draws his, that girl's face. And as I've spent hours on the shading on your upper lip, like yeah, yeah. you have to, you have to draw that horrifying monstrosity of a drawing. 
Um, Absolutely. Like that's, that's so much of the courage of, of creativity is to be willing to, and you don't have to like his mistake was showing it to her. Like, (laughs) but but you have to draw it. You have to draw it. So go draw it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And one and of the I, advantages we have now is that the mainstream is the traditional publishing industry or whatever industry you're thinking about really is so bad that, uh, you know, your, your, your stuff won't, you know, probably be much worse. It very likely will be better. So <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, could, could you really do worse than some of the stuff they're putting out on Netflix or some of the like literary fiction novels that are like, um, the night my uh, frog sang too quietly or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, you'll you'll probably be, you know, at least as good as that stuff. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. It's it's an exciting time. As good as well, Wagner, maybe not. But that's you know, <laughs> that's a struggle. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, well, it's it's been really good to talk to you, man. I I I really appreciate you taking the kind time to come down and uh, and uh, talk about your book. And uh, it's it's it it's a fun read. I I I, uh, I was in the throes of reading the last chapter when we started the podcast. I finished it like literally right before we went on. So uh, so oh, my awesome. my. My emotional state was a little bit intense. It's it's a very good read. It's just well, thank uh, you. Thank you. it's just an intense read. So uh, go go out, check it out. Um, it's you know it's it's uh, it's a it's another experience of productive discomfort. I think you will have productive discomfort reading this book. So uh, well, I- yeah, check it out. I mean, thank you for having me on. Uh, this, this for me has been productive and comfortable, the podcast. So uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I appreciate your, your reading Nutcranker and uh, having me on to talk about it. It uh, means a lot. So thanks, man. You bet. So you can follow Dan at Baltic underscore Dan, right? On Twitter. That's right. And buy Nutcranker with no E wherever books are sold. So thanks for coming on, man. It's good to have you. Absolutely. Thank you.